three, two, one, bang, welcome. Hello, what's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all how y'all uh, vibing? It's Christmas Eve today, Lyle. It is insane that it's Christmas Eve. I did not see this coming somehow. <laughs> I had no idea that this year we were gonna have a Christmas. <laughs> I didn't know. Um Mate, the, yeah, the but I had leading up to it gave me no clues that there would be a Christmas this year. <laughs> the um the uh so so we're recording this before well i need to go i need to go i need to like, leave my flat and travel to my parents house against the law by the way you fucking <laughs> criminal boom illegal it, don't do it illegal illegal to get like a, a an other train journey to my mother's house for christmas that's awesome mm. <laughs> so how cool I wish is that? It, so um i wish my relatives would take the law more seriously and not come over for christmas <laughs> yeah yeah I'm quite lucky. I don't really see too many relatives on Christmas these days. Damn. Um, I say lucky. I quite like my relatives, actually. I'm not, I don't mind my family too much. What's that like? Uh, I don't know. It's peaceful because there's only like a few of you. It's, it's more... Do you, I, I feel it's more like... um, It's more... Uh, sentimental and like... and like What would you call it? Like It's like your core family. You know, like it's it's more special to you as a, as a close-knit family as opposed to like... If there was like all the uncles and aunties and nephews and nieces there, it gets a bit hectic and overrun. Everyone's everyone's stressed and arguing. It's nonsense. Like, yeah. See, I kind of feel like our family is very, very close because they all kind of lived in close proximity, like for their whole lives. Yeah, yeah. My family so were like, like that, but yeah, it's, it's, my it's, family were like that, but they all have Christmas like by themselves. You know, that's fair. I kind of feel like it was nice the couple of times we had Christmas like that, but. I don't know. <clears throat> People yeah. get older. They want to see their family more and stuff. Guess it makes sense. Yeah. I'd like to try it. I'd like to have a Christmas like that. The worst Christmas I ever had was, in, was on holiday. I don't understand going on holiday for Christmas. That's weird. Well, we lived like kind of far away for a bit. So our family would come up to us for Christmas. So it's kind of like a yeah. holiday for them. Sure. But we went, we went to like Spain, I think. Yeah, Ooh. Spain for like <clears throat> our Christmas. It was all right, but I don't know. It's just a bit... It's a bit different, man. I like that. I'm, I'd kind of like to do something like that. It's worth trying, I suppose. It's worth to it's be fair. Before the sort of like main events of my twenty twenty happened, I did plan on going on holiday for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'd currently be sitting there on my own, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but to be fair, in a nice in a nice way as well, you're uh, you're um. You're back with your family, which is nice. And you seem to be enjoying yourself back at your family's actually more than, than when you were away. You seem like a lot more motivated and happy and like and kind of like well-driven Mate, right now. So I, I think you've done, you've done pretty it. well. I am loving my life mm. right now. It's good. Apart from the fact that gyms keep closing. It's like the whole cake yeah. whether or not I can fucking work. But I, hate that I, keep, I, keep, I, I hate that I bought a gym membership and then like the same week they were like, oh yeah, we're closing them again. <laughs> Mate, I literally had started filling my diary up and then Nicholas was like oh by the way gyms are closing and I was like oh my god <laughs> why are you doing this oh I don't even I don't even know I've had so many podcasts already about just this it's, it's the it's the it's the one thing no, nobody can't help but talk about is this is the lockdown and coronavirus and everything going to shit me and you hold very similar beliefs when it comes to the current yeah, strategy towards this I've, I've got to the point now where it's all anyone talks about i kind of try and limit how much i talk about it unless yeah. i have some sort of like funny comment to make which <laughs> as of today i do not because it's no longer funny yeah there's no yeah, humor left it's kind of, 
No, it's getting to the point now where it's like, okay, this is this is actually authoritarianism. This is this is really dangerous now. Like, um, no, yeah, it's fucked. Even all the even all the countries that I was like really optimistic about that didn't have a lockdown are now starting to like cave to like the UN's pressure and oh, it's so, so sad. Yeah, um, it's, it's an insight into how easily humans are willing to give up their freedom. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty scary. I I, I hate these memes as well when it's like um, it's like uh. Like, it's always like little kids that post this. So I was like, so I was like young, uneducated, like commie kids that are always like, um, oh, it's just a bunch of old geezers wanting to go to the pub. It's like, oh my god, fucking, what are you talking about? You fucking absolute leader. Mate, it must be really easy for a generation that grew up not playing outside to not have to go outside. Like, this is just right, their dream yeah. come true. This is what they thought adulthood was: sitting in your fucking bedroom for seven months on end. Watching Netflix and playing video games, I I would blow my fucking head off if I had to sit in my room playing video games for seven months. Oh my god, I like video games. We all do, but seven months and that's all you do. Like, dude, I love video games so much. But if I learned one thing from that last three week lockdown, there needs to be a balance, like so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 funny. It's it's always the same kids that are willing to stay in their rooms all, all all day. And don't go outside and socialize. They're also they're also the same kids that say I'm depressed. I've got anxiety. Like I don't like why. And you know I don't understand why I feel so ill all the time. It's like because you don't leave your room. You don't eat well. You're playing yeah, video maybe, games twenty four seven. Like maybe if you saw the sun more than once per year, <laughs> you wouldn't feel yeah. depressed all the time. And I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, the sun and fresh air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's like um. Uh, and, and and also, it's always the same kids that say I'm mentally unstable. That also seem to have the loudest political opinion. And it's like if you're somebody that isn't, <laughs> that isn't, that isn't mentally well, you're not the kind of person that should be making sound. They should be giving me sound political advice. Like, mate, I'm mentally unstable, but uh, I think you'll find that you should vote for the Green Party because uh, they want to uh, tell you how much you should uh, pay for uh, a plastic bag. Uh... <laughs> Oh, it's weird. It's a weird time to be alive. Yeah. Um, but I'm. Yeah. You. So that's what I mean. You're. You're especially now like a particularly optimistic person, which I quite like. Um, I'm sick of the downers. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm trying to be more, more positive, just like in general, because I think of myself as, as an optimistic person in my head. But I feel like the words that leave my mouth are quite negative. Like I'm very judgmental, and and I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be less, you know, like I... less bitter. I feel the same. So. Like, for the last sort of two, maybe three years, I've been still continuing to believe that I'm quite optimistic. But looking back, historically, I was way more optimistic. And this year, I can kind of feel that coming back a little bit just by the people I've, like, surrounded myself with. Like, working in a gym is such a good environment because everyone wants to be positive Mm. all the time. And it's just, like, as much as it sounds, like, cheesy when you, like, talk to these people, it's good to have that headspace around you all the time. Like, having people that are bubbly in a good mood want to say positive things it just makes you feel more positive yeah yeah that's something that i definitely need more of my, myself like i didn't really think of that aspect of working in a gym until you said that there. that's really cool actually um it's i yeah i've worked in a lot of negative places in my life and I, I, that's kind of why i've always hated work more like the more i've worked the more i've kind of gotten to hate it because it's always such a negative you know bored, bored especially when you work in like a factory god those people are depressed oh, <laughs> and, and then i go and talk trying to be optimistic trying to be a happy person and leave the eight hours later like hating life like really hating life you know so that's why when i worked in an office i literally spent all day thinking about going to the gym 
And then I would yeah. spend three hours in the gym I trained in, train for an hour, and then just talk to people for like two hours oh. because it was so good to have like people who actually like their life around you. Yeah. But see, when you're surrounded by people that fucking hate their day to day, like everyone wants to live for the weekend. I'd rather just yeah. enjoy every day. Yes, definitely, one hundred percent. The nine to five is is the slow killer. I mean that that's 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 a good way to get yourself into an early grave is working a horrible nine to five and just hating life. Exactly. People are like, oh no, but it's good to have money and it's good to be able to go on holiday. And I was like, but you wouldn't need like three holidays a year if you didn't hate your life, mm-hmm. or like. It's maybe different for like people who are particularly adventurous and stuff, but see, the average person, they should need max one holiday a year unless yeah. they're actually depressed by their day-to-day life. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's people, there's people that just enjoy traveling for the sake of it. Yeah, that's what I mean by but the more adventurous I, people. Like, if you like traveling, that's cool. But I think that <clears throat> most people should have like a, yeah. an interest that they can do at home or like... Their day to day. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people, a lot of people aren't going traveling to like you know like Machu Picchu or or, or the African jungle. They're going to like you know Ibiza or Spain or Lanzarote, and it's they're not yeah, exactly they're, like you know. And then that's fine. By three the way, three times a year and getting fucked yeah. up out of face on <laughs> drugs and stuff, and you're like, right, that's that's all well and good. Do do that if you want, but would you need to do that if you actually liked what you did every day? Yeah. I doubt, I, yeah, even though, like you're saying, like, you can work the shit 9 to 5 job and still find more, um, give yourself a better life if, like you said, you adopt a, a hobby and you adopt, like, something you enjoy doing. That's That was one of the pinnacles of my, my evolution as a person was, um, you know, uh, actually, even, even when I when I was, when I was like, young and all I'd done was smoke weed and have fun with my friends, I still didn't feel complete. And that seems, that seems like, oh, my God, all you done was get high and have fun with friends. That sounds awesome. But it wasn't. Eventually, you get so fucking bored of that. You need a hobby that pushes you, that, that you evolve and you drive forward in. Otherwise, life just starts to get shit after a while. Yeah, exactly. Life's all about fulfillment. And that's where this, like, this mentality that sort of comes from the older generations of, oh, just work hard and then you can afford to do the things that you enjoy. But if you really think about it, the, you should be able to do the things that you enjoy and fit work in around that. So if you work nine to five, find something that fulfills you outside of that time. Yeah. Don't like, yeah. don't slave away for nothing. Like it's just that's a sort of mentality that's been given to us by the powers that be, basically people older than us, people that <clears throat> drive countries. And it's just dumb yeah yeah there's and there's so many people that you know I, i'm not convinced that the kind of people that they work the nine to five job and then they get home and they sit and watch netflix i'm not convinced those people even enjoy watching netflix i think it makes them more depressed more you know they, they feel tired they're lazy bored and they kind of put on shows that them putting on that television show it's 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 more like a methadone hit to like it's fulfill you know basically a, a blank time that they wouldn't do anything else in because they're, they're just trying to you know fill up time yeah exactly um, it's it's empty empty uh hormones basically so whenever you do yeah. something you enjoy you get yeah. that dopamine hit you get like serotonin in your brain and stuff but like it's almost like fake dopamine yeah it's this short release of enjoyment that doesn't last yeah it's an espresso, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It's like a shot. 
It's like mm-hmm. that one shot that you're like, oh, that was great. And then two hours later, you like feel sick because you realize <clears throat> you didn't like it. You've And with Netflix, it's you've wasted like an hour of your life. Yeah. That's where the regret comes from. That's why I, I used to have that back when I was like ultra, ultra um, uh, hardworking for like a, a, like a couple of years ago. If I watched like an hour of like a television show, I'd feel depressed after because I'd be like, God, that entire hour could have been put towards something, you know? And I like, I, but to be fair, that also wasn't a good thing because it got to the point where all I'd done was try and work on YouTube and like projects and stuff. And then you get kind of depressed when you, when you work too much, like if you don't take the time yeah. off. To, to enjoy yourself a little bit so i'm always trying to find a happy balance between the two i'm quite but, naturally lazy i think since, yeah. since my upbringing and it took me a lot of like evolving to kind of like become less lazy so i was sense. like the, the opposite <clears throat> i uh when i left school like i was kind of lazy at college and then i started my job and then i qualified as a pt and i done it like all at the same time and then circumstances changed i became more lazy complacent and it's just yeah, yeah. you have to find that balance where you're not like going to burn yourself out like i work with people that are like don't get me wrong they're really good at what they do they're great pts but they're like 21 like oh i don't work weekends and i'm like what yeah <laughs> i'd work seven days a week eight hours a day as a pt if i had the client base for it because <clears throat> it's something i enjoy it's not yeah it doesn't feel like work when i'm with a client or i'm writing plans or i'm doing something related to work it doesn't feel like work it's something i enjoy yeah i suppose you get you get a lot of social you get the social aspect as well so for you it's not so bad like for me i like having weekends free because i love going out and and, yeah. and, and interact but i suppose if you get that social aspect from other aspects from from your job then that's pretty good as well yeah it's a dream basically is yeah. to because humans are social creatures that's yeah. why I hate to go back to it. That's why this lockdown stuff is so harsh on people. Because yeah. even being at home with your family or living with a friend, you kinda <clears throat> you miss the the varied social interaction of like different people. So it's great to have that person or those people in that close knit bubble that are around you all the time that know you well. But there comes a point where you need to vary that otherwise it just kind of stagnates and becomes a bit depressing yeah yeah one of the things one of the things actually that i want i wanted specifically you to talk about and because you're the, you're kind of like me in this regard and it's something that i've always been really interested in is you're speaking about working at a gym and you get this this positive you get positive people optimistic people people who might be a little bit um who probably like are quite proud of themselves, who like themselves, who are proud of like things they've, they've achieved because they should be, you know, because they've worked out hard and probably got good jobs and stuff like that. Um, when you when you become more positive about yourself, about other people, do, do you feel a certain amount of backlash from, say, less optimistic, less motivated people? Do you feel like you're kind of judged heavily by, by them? Yeah, so I actually, <clears throat> you briefly mentioned this before, and I have the perfect... Yeah perfect sort of like anecdotal analogy for this um when i worked in an office i've been going to the gym for a bit starting a bit bigger a bit more confident and people saw it as arrogance yes, yes. now there were people around me who didn't see it as arrogance they saw it as confidence and mm. looking back i do think it was confidence that i'd earned i feel like yeah. i deserved to feel that good but I started going out with my ex-girlfriend and people were like, oh, she's going to bring you back down to earth. 
and realistically she did but that was not a good thing that was bad yeah. that like that led to me being in a worse mental position a worse physical position so it's important to know that be able to tell yourself the difference between merited confidence and unmerited arrogance yeah i love that's a fantastic way to put it that's exactly how i've been looking at this recently um when i was in college my favorite one was um when i was in college i was surrounded by a lot of underachievers because it was an nc class like open level beginning class and there's a lot of kids there who basically had been told by their mum either get a job or go to college i'm kicking you out so there's a lot of underachieving lazy kids that didn't want to work right and when i was doing really well you know i was getting offered to go on shows on the bbc i was on bbc radio i was on talk shows you know and i was and, and i was making these youtube videos that were really good in my opinion I, I thought they were quite good you know for that level in college anyway and um I would openly say, oh, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. But I would also openly say, I'm bad at this, I'm bad at that. No one ever cared when I said I was bad at something. But they always yeah. cared when I said I was good at something. You know, so there was this... Th that comes th from, th like, definite insecurity on their part. Yeah. Like, 100. they yeah. obviously aren't capable of telling themselves when they've done well. And it's maybe not, like, their fault. Maybe they've been brought up that way or whatever. But I do feel the same, like, no one ever pays attention to the stuff you do right. They only ever want to criticise. Yeah, exactly. If you do something amazing, 10 people are going to clap. But if you do something slightly wrong or a little bit bad, a thousand people are going to tell you you've done bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I always wonder, like, like, a good example of this is, like, as you know, the, the, um, the men versus women on Instagram thing. So men are a lot more competitive than women, especially on uh, platforms like Instagram, because essentially all that is is men trying to attract women with their accounts. And you know, so, so like, um, I always wonder how many men specifically intentionally don't like your your pictures as opposed to like women, because I've always noticed it's usually women that like my posts. And then um, I've like spoken to to people. In private, in private, who have been like, oh yeah, no, I, I intentionally like don't like people's posts, you know. So, to not, so it's one of those things where um, social media is quite like that as well. Like in social media, you don't often get the credit you deserve for the things that you post. Like if yeah, you post a so YouTube video, a lot of your friend, a lot of your, a lot of your friends like won't like your YouTube video because they, they don't, yeah. they don't want to give you the higher up on them. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just like since you started that, that I went and looked at my most recent Instagram post on my fitness page mm -hmm. it's me doing a skin the cat which is where you like turn upside down holding on to a bar <clears throat> and it's not like it's not the hardest thing in the world to do but it's hard mm -hmm. to control it it's hard to be strong enough to do it steadily and not wobble and just looking it's all people that i know are confident in themselves or yeah yeah female or not they're not insecure about anything so <clears throat> it, it adds up to what you're saying is like there are a lot more people that are insecure and not not going to give you that sort of like level up that sort of boost because it makes them feel like they look bad yeah and to be fair i do i think that's a natural a natural feeling to, to give these people their, their credit like it's certainly something that when i was younger i was kind of like that like when i was younger and wasn't as successful it definitely does come from a a place of like resentment and bitterness i'm not convinced that it's always conscious like i don't think people are 
necessarily always consciously saying in their head like fuck this guy i'm jealous he's better than me so i'm not gonna like it i think it comes from like a subconscious insecurity a kind of union shadow like idea where you're um you're projecting you know your deepest darkest kind of like veil resentments out into the world um and you kind of put people down there's a lot of that that goes on the the, the term um the more not even confident but i would say the more successful i've become in my life the more that i've done well the more i've heard the term big-headed um self-centered egotistical arrogant like there's a running joke that i'm egotistical with say like jack and jamie when you watch like the when you watch the um the uh, like the roast video it's like a joke but they don't actually believe i'm egotistical and can, but, but when can you, you compare it to friends i've had in the past who haven't necessarily done too well in life and who have became annoyed at me and jack's success they have quite quickly jumped to the egotistical route, the 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 self-centered route. Well, it's a, and that's it's like, an that's easy, like, it's sad. It's an easy way out for these people because in order to better yourself, you have to first accept the flaws that you have. Yeah. It's like when someone comes to me for personal training, they have clearly taken that step to accept that they need to change something or they need to improve. Yeah. It's like you don't, ever achieve anything without first accepting that you're not on course to achieve that yeah well that's good that's a very good quote i, I should get that written on my wall somewhere like, like that. <laughs> yeah that you, yeah yeah that you, you you can't drive towards something until you know that you're not that's yeah, great yeah a, really I think good, like a good way to look at it is like the likes of again i'm going to relate it to the gym because it's just really easy to use these things yeah it's but a good analogy arnold schwarzenegger was mr olympia Mm-hmm. You're never going to become the Mr. Olympia until you realize you're not going to be Mr. Olympia yeah. because you can't just accidentally stumble to greatness. Yeah. It has to be a conscious decision on your part. So while you subconsciously resent people for doing things that you're not, that's that's where you consciously have to make the decision to make the changes. My favorite, my favorite kind of thing to do, and people will, people will listen to this and be like, "Oh, shut up! You don't do that." But I genuinely, the people again, it's, it's the egotistical thing. Like, um, I my ego is is built on a foundation of self criticism. Like, I would say that actually, like, I criticize myself more than I love myself. People just don't see that as much because, like, well, why would you upload like self loathing thoughts to Instagram? Yeah, that's dumb. Um, but like, um, I love starting off an idea in my head of like okay so what what can i do in this like aspect so like, if i'm skateboarding and i haven't skateboarded in a while and i find that my skateboard's like not going as fast as it used to or like not working the first i don't instantly go is the skateboard broken i go like what have i lost an ability i had like should i and that happened recently turns out the skateboard was actually broken i had to get it fixed <laughs> but the, but the first thing you should actually do is is look at yourself and go like what have i done wrong here and you know even if even though the skateboard was broken i still had to try and i still even improve myself along the way doing that and, and the, on the other hand times where it's been my fault the, in fact the gym's a great example the amount of times that i've thought i was doing something right and then someone's came along and said you know actually your technique isn't quite right and you've got to change that you know, like, um, that's also really helpful. And, and it's, it's really easy for me to, after that guy walks away, he goes, fucking gym nut, for, go away, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but actually really... taking, that, taking that criticism on board is, like, so powerful because it completely changes your routine and makes you so much more effective at the gym. It's really so. underrated how humbling an experience the gym can be because yeah. everyone assumes they do everything right. Yeah, And yeah. the gym's a great example of where you can think you're doing something right 
but someone's going to always be more experienced. They're always going to be someone that knows that little bit more than you. And it's just a really good opportunity for you to say to yourself, well, if I can be doing this thing that I've done for years slightly wrong, what else am I not doing quite Mm. right? What else can I optimize in my life? Yeah, yeah. I've been editing videos for like years now, like since I was like 13 and I'm still like learning like things that I feel like an idiot for not knowing. And it's really easy for me to just be like, oh, fuck off. But it's like, no, 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 come on, like be a big boy, like take that take that into consideration next time and actually use that. Um, well, it's like the colour uh, grading thing when we shot those insults yeah, matches. Yeah. I had never colour graded in my life. I mean, I'd never had to because I'd only used one camera and it was always like one scene. But... Yeah looking back the quality of older videos could have been optimized by just a little bit of color grading just yeah making that tiny conscious effort to optimize each scene basically would have changed the quality overall of the videos didn't have a massive effect but it's, it's just nice to know that there's that little bit of improvement yeah yeah definitely i had that same experience with color grading I was like, shit, I wish I knew this, I wish I knew this years ago because there's so many videos that you look back on now and it's like, damn, I mean, it's a fine video, but I wish it, I wish it looked better, you know? I, I could maybe well, re, I look, like, re-upload them. <laughs> yeah, if I look back at the uh, original Insults match, that was shot on one camera, but it still could yeah. have done with being uh, like dulled down a little bit and maybe the orange tones brought out a bit more in the room so that it looked warmer yeah. and less white. Yeah, yeah totally, yeah. Yeah, that, it, but hindsight's always a bitch. Like that, but that's like that's the that's the point. It's like when you go and look at, look at a picture of your body from a year ago after you've been working out for you. Like that's the that's why you have to have that. That's progress. You know, you get yeah, to look exactly. back and go, God, look, how, like tails from the tub, man. Like it looks fucking awful. It looks fucking shit. <laughs> like um, when I when I bring out season two and like you know like ten years from now, like it's gonna look like you know like like a completely different show. It's gonna be completely different and. Yeah, when I and when I finally awesome. release episode four of the Insult yeah. series, when uh, I finally have another friend to do it with, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we'll look at the quality contrast between that and the first one and that and the second two because they came out in a block, so they'll be the same. It's like, yeah. you just, it's, it's why you take progress pictures. It's why you hold on to things. Is If you don't see progress, then it's disheartening, but it's... It's about being able to see the tiniest bit of progress. That's where people who are like young entrepreneurs or they start up companies, they're the kind of people that can see the tiniest minute bit of progress. And it just, that's, that's what keeps you going is the tiny bits of progress. That's, that's where you learn the most. That's where you realize, oh, okay. I thought I hadn't achieved anything, but actually if I look back, I have, I've done something, I'm on the right track. It's all about the small wins. Yeah. Some companies start up for like six years and then like instantly blow up and make like millions, but they've spent six years not even on the NASDAQ, like yeah, making no exactly. money. Well, um, even like, I remember like when I started going to the gym, like the progress was nowhere near as fast as I wanted it to be. And that was like, you know, and that was a big revelation. It's like, oh, I can't just be shredded in three months. Like I actually have to like, <laughs> Oh, it's going to take years. Okay, right. I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously... Oh, fuck. I, I don't get abs in a week. Damn. I, yeah, I yeah, exactly. I twice and be diced. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm so foolish. So, 
I mean, I'm back to square one now because of the, the lockdown, which is like, just sucks. But, you know, like, it's still, it's kind of almost like, fu- here's one that I think, I don't know if you'll agree with this. This is something that I've always loved. Um, Especially, like, breakups are always a big one for me. Like, like um, when I break up with a girl that I'm really into and I get really down from it, or, or other things that have happened to me in life, like, when you hit lock bottom in life, when you really fall to, like, from grace and you really end up in, like, a shit position... I love that because there's nothing that's that's usually when I'm at my most motivated to like get back on it again because I want to well, prove to the world that I'm not just the loser that I am currently. That's kind of what I feel like happened this year is that sort of for me it was like 2016 was the year I had the ideas 2017 was the year I started building it up and then like, nothing happened and then it's like 2020 was the year it burnt down yeah. so now I'm in this position where if I can see it out till the the gyms reopen permanently, then I'm in a position where I can fully explore my own potential and just build from yeah. there. And it's it's just about keeping that mindset that you can actually go forward from where you are. Because some people hit rock bottom and it's like the end. Yeah. They bottom out. Yeah, they never bad. get back out. Yeah, exactly. And it's why why is that? It's it's all about your own personality. Like me and you, like we're both saying, is we have the ability to criticize ourselves. Yeah. If you don't have the ability to criticize yourself, you can't improve yourself. And so if you hit rock bottom and you can't criticize yourself, you think you're at rock bottom because of other people. Oh, okay. And when you can't take that, when you can't take responsibility, then you can't actually do anything. It was like the the book is it's either ego is the enemy or the same guy's other book that i can't remember the name of and he was saying blame and responsibility aren't the same like fault mm-hmm. isn't the yeah. same as responsibility and he says that every situation in your life you should take responsibility for it yeah. like what did you do to end up in this situation how could you have avoided the circumstances you're in it's not the same mm-hmm. as it being your fault, but there yeah. are like circumstances or things you could have changed that would have led you down a different path. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, even in the worst cases of my life, I've always wondered, like, what did I, like, even when I've been cheated on, I've been like, oh, like, okay, like, maybe the first time, probably not. Um, The second time I was ever cheated on, I, I, I was like, when I was a m- much more mature, and I did ask myself, oh, like, okay, Matty, like, was taking responsibility like you probably shouldn't have dated this last in the first place you knew she was a nutcase <laughs> it's like um there's so many like there's so many things that i definitely you maybe not even use the word done wrong but just no nah, okay maybe wrong is a good word to use i don't it's not, not wrong in a moral sense but wrong in a logical sense like you shouldn't have you knew you shouldn't have done that you've done it anyway you're a big idiot don't do it again it's not um, even I definitely, doing things wrong it's like sometimes you see the signs and you just ignore them Right, and so that's exactly. not you really being wrong. It's just kind of not having necessarily the right experience or the right judgment to make the correct decisions in those circumstances. But I, I still, I constantly like have have not constantly, but a lot of the time, I I, I ponder over that transformative experience I had when I was seventeen, where where I just this that was like my main, like this ascend from like being a kind of loser like and i like really I, I don't like thinking about how i was back then to being a winner to being to being someone that like i, I don't i'm gonna 
I mean, if, if there's people listening from my old life, they're going to hate me for this, but I'm one of the most successful people I know, if not the most successful, from my childhood, from when I was like 14 to like 17. Like, the people that I hung around with, some of them are doing very well for themselves, but personally, there's no one I'd rather be from that friend group now other than me. You know, and like, I really dug myself out of the rat race and, and, and really like started to do well. Um, and, you know, I... I, 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 want, I wish there was like a formula. I wish I could like, I could like turn that experience that happened to me into some sort of formula that you could teach other people because well, I, 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 it's like, I, I don't that, know what saved me. I don't know what saved me. I find that the issue is there isn't a formula because like people's idea of success isn't the same. Like a, a lot right. of the reason that I think I'm so positive just now is like some of the people I've met this year and uh, I'm not going to name names, but it'll be pretty obvious if he listens to this. One of the people that I think has impacted me most this year, if I told my old self his sort of situation, like he's 21, has a kid, I would say to myself, oh man, I'd really love to not be in that situation. But I know this guy, I'd say quite well. <clears throat> he's, he's a happy guy. He's a confident guy he's doing well in life mm. like even from an objective standpoint you can't really say there's many ways to be doing better at 21 and sure. more than that he's happy and so like it's all about your own viewpoint and genuinely i think if i hadn't met this dude i'd be in a much worse place right now than i am yeah so that's like, that's that's why there's no formula is because success isn't just this criteria. There's not like a checklist for being successful. Sure. It's it's more about yeah, yeah, it's more about mindset and like and like happiness, I suppose. I mean, but success death success certainly seems to brew contentment. And but success can be like, you know, becoming better physically becoming better at art like it doesn't i wouldn't it doesn't necessarily need to be measured in finances yeah but like i think more more what is for me it's not about necessarily when i'm talking about you're right i, sh I should rephrase what i said i suppose because it's not about the the life style that i have in terms of financial because i'm not necessarily very financially successful but the position that i'm in is a lot better and i've been able to get myself in that position from a mindset that i've been able to get and i don't i'll, I'll it's it's difficult to teach that mindset. I mean, there are people out there who are definitely trying. Jordan Peterson seems to be doing a good job of it. You know, like there's um a lot of a lot of academic scholars that are trying to do it, but no one's really got the magic formula to grab someone and go, "Hey, fuck face, this is this is how life should work." And then like, but but I I feel like everyone I know that's successful, uh, in the in the being like like you know that they're, they're, they're happy and that they're, they're motivated and they're trying, all have very similar mindsets. Like you were saying earlier, the thing about taking responsibility for for a thing even if it's not necessarily your fault you take responsibility for the things that drove you there that's well, see, that's something that i hear time and time and time again from all these different people so it's obviously the similarities that, you could relate that to success by saying like <clears throat> people that are successful are always happy and but success to different people means different things yeah sure. just like responsibility to different people means different things so you could actually argue that taking responsibility is the key to being successful because if you're responsible for your own happiness then yeah. by definition of what we've discussed you would be successful in your own mind because you would be happy 
Well, it's like you see these young kids who who don't do anything, and then they take antidepressants because they want they think antidepressants will make them happy, and bro, it's like, dude, bro, don't just like see the amount of people, in like even just this small area I live, and they're all on antidepressants. Yeah. And it's all the same tablet. I'm like, right. You're all different people, so why would the solution to your problems be the same? It's a very, it's a very um, biological approach to psychology, and that's like something that that's something that um, Bruce Scott was kind of like complaining about. Uh, um, psychoanalysm is kind of dying out, and 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 they kind of want to use a more a more like biological approach to psychology, and that's great actually a lot of the time because you know psychology certainly seems to be a lot of your mind does work on chemicals, but. When you only focus on the chemicals, you you miss out the part that makes us human, and you can't. Like you're saying you, there's no one pill to make us all happy. Yeah, um, fortunately, we we are human. We have yeah. personalities. We have different viewpoints. We have different perspective, and like two people could live the exact same life. One could be depressed, and one could think they're the most successful person in the world. Yeah, and that yeah. is the exact reason why you cannot prescribe the same antidepressant to everyone or the same solution to the same problems for everyone because it's not always yeah. going to be the answer well even even the whole the purpose of antidepressants people don't seem to understand antidepressants are supposed to help regulate your chemical the chemicals in your brain so that you can you yourself can actually work to improve yourself yeah. um you're not supposed to rely on them as the, as the cure. Then there's no such thing as a cure. And then Aldous Huxley wrote a book called Brave New World, which is really good, which goes into a drug called Soma, and everyone's taking it all the time, and it makes you happy. Um, it makes you like motivated and happy, and, and society functions better. Um, and it goes into the you know the darkness that, that that causes when everyone's artificially happy all the time, not not. Yeah. And not na- the, the the horrors that can come out of that. I don't want a pill that makes me happy. That's that, that's absurd. Why would I want to artificially change my perception? I want to be able to be sad when my dad dies. I want to be able to be sad when my cat like isn't well. You know, like because that that yeah, exactly. that's fundamentally a mo- that's a, that's a motivating factor for you as well. You need to feel sadness to feel to feel if motivation. If you don't feel sadness, by extension, you can't feel. If you couldn't feel any negatives in your life. You wouldn't understand failure. You wouldn't understand loss. Yeah. And so there yeah. would be nothing to motivate you to do anything. You would just yeah, become yeah. one of these kids that watches Netflix all day or someone that does nothing but play COD. Like, that's why during the last lockdown, I started streaming. Because as much as I love playing games, I felt like I had to be doing something else. Yeah. I felt like I had to be interacting with people. Because playing games is great fun. But if I can go out and, like, sort of not get an audience but like have people there different people that get a little bit of enjoyment out of it then that's a massive win because i'm impacting other people which is exactly why i'm a personal trainer is i want people to feel the way about exercise that i do yeah so it doesn't mean they train like me it doesn't mean we are the same when we're in the gym it just means that i'm trying to impart some of that happiness some of that like enjoyment of this clearly beneficial activity to them right yeah and and then that's why it's so weird when people you know will say to you you know you're you're egotistical you're self-centered all you care about is yourself when in reality the whole reason you're constantly preaching I'm, you know, I'm Walkery, I feel great all the time, I love me, is a part of that is to be like, and you can too, if you just yeah, exactly. listen to me for five minutes. Like, 
it's like what you're saying about antidepressants, how they're not meant to be like a permanent solution. That's how I view my business, is I want to have clients mm. for as long as I need to have them. Like, I don't yeah. want to have the same guy sign up in January, like, 2021 and still be training him in 2031 because it's all about teaching people enough for them to sustain their goals. Yeah. If someone's goal was, like, be the best in the world at something, then, yeah, they should have a coach forever. Yeah. But if your goal is to have abs for summer, yeah, you should only need a PT for, like, three months because then the following year you just do the same thing again and you sure. get the same result so if yeah. your goal is to lose weight you should only really have a pt until you lose the weight and then they should impart the knowledge necessary for you to maintain it and that's yeah. that's the issue with people taking antidepressants is that they don't get that knowledge of how to sort of satisfy themselves so they just keep taking this pill forever yeah yeah, it's it's scary. It's a scary bleak existence. God knows, I nearly ended up in that position so many times. Like taking, uh, you know, I nearly ended up on pills so many times. I nearly bl- kept blaming the world for my problems, and it's 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 such a like scary idea to think that I could still be in that position. Like it, it's something that I always think about, and then when I see other people in that position, I'm like, God, like I know how bad that is, and I think it sounds accusation. It's a. There you go. There go you on. go. I was going to say, it sounds accusational. It sounds like you're attacking them when you tell them that, look, your depression is partly your fault. But that's the truth. I mean, that's just that's just honesty. Like, it's it's harsh criticism, but it's true. A lot of the time, people that are depressed aren't taking any responsibility. Well, it is the, the truth because the reason I ended up in the situation I was in is that I tried to be the, not the solution, but part of the solution but yeah. the other person wasn't willing to seek the rest of the solution. Yeah. And so when it didn't work, they stopped blaming the world and blamed me. Mm-hmm. Which I'll yeah. take my responsibility for anything that happens in my life, but you can't blame your problems or your lack of solutions on other people. That's yeah. That's on you as a person to find your way of doing something. Yeah, it's just, well, you know, and when you see these people that are resentful and bitter and they constantly blame the world for their problems, it just kind of makes you feel sad for them. I don't feel like, I don't feel sympathy for them. I feel bad for them. I'm like, I wish, God, I wish you could, I hope one day you stop feeling that way because I don't. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I got it, yeah, and I hope you do too because like it's just a horrible existence. If they change that mindset and that, like, if they continue in that existence, the world's just going to pass them by. Like, they don't. They don't get any benefit from anything because everything is scary or everything's the fault of someone else or something else. It's never like it's they never see solutions because they don't believe they can provide their own solutions. Yeah, yeah, they're un- unpowered and they're well-powered. It's yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people like that. Scotland's got a bad place for that, I think. Mate, Scotland. Culture, I was, I've been talking about this recently quite a lot on how Scottish people would not survive being independent because we are just a country of losers. Yeah, I, I'm very critical of Scottish culture. Definitely. It's such a national mindset of being a loser. Mm. And like, Scottish people always want to portray themselves as these like Celtic warriors. And I'm like, <laughs> mate, shut up. 
You aren't even yeah. willing to go to the gym to lose the fucking fat on your belly. How are you in any way a warrior? You sit on your couch and digest the same three TV shows every single night. Yeah. And, you know, whether, whether or not England fuckers, like, politics aside, we have a very um, victim mentality. We consistently, yes. as, as a nation, blame England or America or the, or the UN or anybody except us, except Nicola Sturgeon or Alex Salmon. You exactly. Know, and it's, never, we, it's never Scotland's fault. It's never... Never. We couldn't have done anything. Historically, we have been trodden on... Mate, if that is your outlook on life, you are already dead. You yeah. are not a living being if you are not capable of fighting for anything. Because it's like what you're saying earlier. Even even if England is at fault for ninety percent of our problems, what are we going to do about it? Are yeah, you gonna, what's like, the responsibility? Do... Yeah. What do, do we, we do? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's mad. It's mad that we have a whole culture based around blame. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. I know it's insane. It's like, oh god, I hate it. I, it's I hate. Yeah, Scot. I I I want out of Scotland. I want somewhere else in the world. <laughs> it's I like when, our, when you ask an older person, you ask an older person why why does the union exist, and they tell you that the English uh, moved all the people to put sheep there, and I'm like, right. So why do we exist at all? Because my mentality is we should have just fought to the very death. Yeah. Like there shouldn't be a Scotland if the circumstances were that grave. We should have just went out in a blaze of glory. We should have done something. We shouldn't have just got on boats and been like, right, see you later. Yeah. Ah. I don't know. I mean and as well, that shit happened thousands of years ago. Like this is a completely different time. None of the English or the government were there then. Yeah. You can't I, I you can, you can, swear people in this country still blame modern day English people for like the Highland influences yeah. and stuff and I'm like right grow up Seriously. there's certainly a, there's certainly an anti-English sentiment that's very rich in Scotland and oh, it's, sure. it's quite disturbing I love it that uh, Scottish culture is so like based on oh we welcome everyone refugees welcome here that kind of stuff but see if you're English I would actually <laughs> say this is the hardest place in the world to live yeah I mean it depends. I think if you integrate in the Scottish culture, people probably won't have as much. It's, it's a strange one. Like, um, But you can say I, that. Like, when I lived in the Highlands, like, the people that ran all the Cayleys and stuff and, like, all the, like, sort of cultural stuff were English. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all that ever happened was the Scottish people went, oh, fucking English people lose think the, oh, the culture. Yeah. And I'm like, right, so these people are actually doing something for your culture and you're doing nothing but bad mouth for about, it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. That's the... well, yeah, because I had someone recently tell me I can't remember who it was that that their that their uncle had had m- multiple experiences of going down to England and being being having like racist issues um, because they were Scottish. But I've never had that experience in England. I've always been fairly welcome. In nah, even even when I've met like English people abroad, we met like. Um, yeah. This young English couple, well, I say young, but they were like a sort of newish married couple in Mauritius. And the guy mm. was like so interested, he's from London, he was like so interested in talking about Scotland. He was like just like a genuinely nice guy. And he had like such genuine interest in us as Scottish yeah. people. And I was like, yeah. imagine him being in a pub in Glasgow, you can guarantee that at least someone, maybe not to his face, but it's going to go back to his friends and be like, oh, there's yeah. an English guy up there, blah, blah, blah. Like, at there's least. no need. No need. 
To be honest, though, um, especially if, in a, if it was in a pub weekend like Chavs, I can see it being a big issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Scotland's young. I mean, England's not doing any better in this regard, to be fair, but Scotland's young youth are, like, the biggest... Like, if I was a politician, I would want to directly address, like, Chav and Ned culture as a serious, like, systemic issue with our country. I, I hate that we, we don't... We don't openly criticise Chav and Ned culture enough. We need to seriously crack down on that shit. Like, there's emo culture, hippie culture, it's all completely fine. Like, sure, they're smoking weed outside fucking, like, outside fucking shopping malls and that, but is that really that bad compared to Ned's who are burning down bush? Ned's break, breaking down gravestones in cemeteries, chucking acid on Goff's faces? What the fuck is that shit? You know? Yeah, and I nobody feel, I feel wants like no- they get a free pass because they've been, like, accepted as part of Scottish culture, and I'm like why yeah this is this wouldn't be acceptable if someone like came to your country and done it so why is it acceptable for our young to do it and the funny thing is that it's not even it's not even necessarily um scottish culture it it comes from russia like this this gopnik culture um i was just speaking to a a russian my russian friend who lives in Tallinn uh yesterday and he was he was saying, "Oh, the virus is mutated." And I said, well, "There's enough mutants in fucking Glasgow already with the virus." <laughs> He's, and and he said, "He said, yeah, we've got the same fucking mutants in Russia. They're called Gopniks. It, it, it's a Russian. It was originally a Russian culture that came to Scotland. Um, so I don't even. It, it's it's not. I don't understand why it's been so accepted in Scottish culture, and I don't understand why no one talks about it. It's it's such a like when your kid comes home talking like that and we're on a and we're on a Nike tracksuit, beat him. <laughs> beat him. Like why so, would you so like you, you like your first uh, Matty's view on parenting. Beat your children. <laughs> oh just just Neds and Chavs. I have a strong distaste for just delinquencies. Like I just don't like Neds and Chavs. I don't understand like I've met some sound kids who are dressed like Chavs and talk like it who are really genuinely nice people and I think God like you you surround like in this, but they're surrounded by dicks, like junky cunts, and it's like God. If only you had like, maybe maybe Dad had paid more attention to you, you know, like you wouldn't have like ended up with this crowd of like absolute re- like delinquents just bundling down bus shelters and but taking that right echoes, there, like four times a week. That there's the basis of Scottish culture. Oh, if Daddy had paid more attention, so you're automatically giving people a way out i get it's hard like when it's like sure, a parental sure. thing because like you've been brought up that way you do not know any different but yeah if your first step into being an adult is blaming your parents then that's you've already point. lost that's a really good point but do people and let's be honest neds and chavs are Traditionally, for more low-income areas, that's not. I don't hate the, the lower class, but Chavs and Ned traditionally tend to be for more lower case, lower class areas. Sometimes middle class as well, but more lower class. They, I would argue, they might not have the access to the same amount of information that like that we do, and the same amount of, like they they're not their society, their culture that they exist in doesn't often permit them to come across, say, a podcast like this that would teach them, you know, most of society's laughing at you, they don't like you, you're a nuisance, you're a nuisance and you're not going to achieve anything. Like, yeah. they don't they don't see that. They're, they're in this lower-class society where them selling, like, acid tabs and making, like, a, a hundred quid a week or a two hundred pound a week is, like, actually kind of impressive within their small little community and they don't see the big picture. They don't They don't see... And they're Bro, in a poverty need, trap and I don't, need to don't believe they can do it. selling you acid that's that cheap? <laughs> yeah no I, I was just i was just trying to think of an example you're like it's no nah, like i like, get what you mean though like it's it's not so I, i'd say it's getting better 
because yeah. like the internet's more readily available you more frequently stumble across things by accident but yeah. particularly maybe sort of people my age to your age didn't have that growing up yeah and so they are less likely to change but i'm kind of i'm sort of hopeful for the future that things like this on twitter will like stumble across someone and maybe do some good yeah yeah i like to think so the weird one for me is that i think emo goth and like alternative culture is like taking over and i'm i kind of like that honestly like um like, like, no, it only it only pisses me off because I wish I was still like a like a fourteen year old emo goth man. What the fuck? When I was like a little a little emo, like they, 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 no one was, you know, you got bullied like shit for it. But now I think it's becoming a lot more common. Um, I don't know if that, maybe I'm biased now because obviously now that I've moved to a city, there's a lot more of it about. But I definitely see it like becoming more and more popular, and I'm hoping that that might you know, that. In, in combination with other cultures that are kind of like rockers and punks have become more popular I want to see that kind of like become the new norm as opposed to like Chav and I think it's I think it is as we're moving into a weird like technodelic styled future bright hair and like fucking like cool crows is becoming a lot more common and I like that I and I'm hoping that that can kind of kind of wipe out the kind of like delinquency necessarily that simple that just these cultures are prevailing I think there's a sense of individuality is becoming more accepted because if you like a few years ago said oh i'm an i'm into like heavy metal music or i go to the gym or i'm into anime all of those things had to be like mutually exclusive yeah whereas now people are more likely to show their crossover like their actual personality and i have a lot of time for people that are just unapologetically themselves which is why yeah. I feel like me and you get on is because if two people, if someone like saw us individually, they would not have us like being friends. Yeah, sure. Because if someone saw me leaving work and my joggy bottoms and my hoodie and they saw you in your military jackets, they'd be like, okay, those are two people on the opposite ends of the societal spectrum. Yeah, yeah. But like being able to accept people for who they are seems to be like the done thing now maybe it wasn't a few years ago you had to kind of adapt to the social surroundings that befell yeah. you yeah yeah people and people interact a lot more like when, when we've been at parties and stuff and all the parties that i've been at this year there's a big variation of style there's a big variation of like music taste and like and people are just there and accept each other more, which, like, you know, is, like, one of the good things about, I suppose, the more liberalistic mentality that people have now. I mean, I certainly have my criticisms of the, the liberal, like, views a lot of the time, but that's one of the positive aspects of it is I think they have they have contributed to give them their dues in this no, kind of society. Sorry, like, mo- modern liberals actually do not like individuality. Sure, <laughs> that's true. That's true. The, mo- the very far left are very anti-free um, expression. That's definitely true, yeah. See, that's like, I remember, like, in 2014 like the emo culture emo culture wasn't political like emo culture was 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 quite apolitical everyone no one really spoke about politics it wasn't an important thing to talk about everyone just wanted to get fucked up and take drugs and and kick about now it seems to be now i see a lot of emos that i used to be friends with or or, you know um like posting like heavy like political stuff on their instagram and i'm like dude like who cares like dude politics is like the hot topic right now it's like People do not need to be educated to voice their opinion and 
it shows like someone outside of the cat house <laughs> there's this guy i kind of know him i've seen him since this happened and genuinely got on but he does kind of look like boris johnson oh you've told me about this guy yeah, yeah. and so he's very anti anti-conservative and i said to him one night i was like how you doing boris looking well and he grabbed me by the throat now i kind of laughed it off he's not like a big guy or anything i was like right okay goodbye but i told someone this story outside the cat house and they're like good they should have fucking beat you up and i was like what how absurd is that like if someone said to me they're a communist i wouldn't like beat them up because you can have your views you're an idiot but you can have your views yeah i'm not gonna assault you for like words unless those words are like exterminate a minority or something then then i might be like right okay have have a word yeah yeah i don't know i just i just don't um personally i enjoy life enough as in and who i am that i don't need to care about other people it's the same way like it's the same way like um when when people like when when people get older, they get bored, and then they start being like, "Have you seen the the color that our neighbors have painted their new fence?" And it's like, who the fuck? Don't, who cares? Like that that would never, bo- that would never, bo- that would never bother me. And it's the same way like this like this idea that there's like that we're gonna take down the systemic racism. Okay, well where is this systemic racism? Oh, I don't know, but I'm gonna take it down anyway. Oh, um, uh, cops cops keep keep shooting black people. Okay, what black people? Well, he's like here's three of them. Okay, well what about the other like millions? Oh, I don't know. Like shut up then. You know, there's no. <laughs> coherency to these to these viewpoints it's just rage and anger from being like an edgy teenager we were were talking about random statistics the other day and it was like uh, one that the UN's women committee posted and it was like 20% of homeless people are women and I was like okay so So over 80% aren't (laughs) yeah so the other 80% (laughs) (laughs) what about them (laughs) And I was yeah. like, you know that way they just clearly did not think before they posted that, like, oh, this is a real problem. We don't care that the percentage is vastly lower. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, shit like that, shit like that's exactly what I mean. Like, and like, I, I just kind of feel sorry for kids now. Like when I see young, like there was a preacher um outside the uh, Saint Enoch the other day, and there was like these like emo kids like yelling at them. And do you know what, like, like. You know what? First of all, to be fair, right? Fucking big ups for like having the balls at like that age to fucking like scream in public. <laughs> like, like, but I was just thinking, I don't even know what the preacher was saying. I don't know if he was anti-homosexual. Like, whatever. Like, the way I see it is, I disagree with the guy. The guy's the guy's obviously quite a a a, 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 a not a, a what would you call it a um, religious fanatic. You know, he's very passionate about his religion. I disagree with it personally, but I just ignore it. Like, I don't care. You know, the guy. Can, yeah, you the guy's do exes, you do. The guy's ex- ex- exercising his like to, to say whatever he wants, and I respect that. And I'm just gonna walk by him because I don't care. Um, but these kids obviously don't understand that that's how society should work. That they, they've not grown up enough to realize, okay, I shouldn't scream like like a like a shouldn't scream my head off in public and and try and like take someone down. Um, and they didn't make themselves look particularly good. Like I seen them kind of screaming, "I love tits." So yeah, well, so they are. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't scream it at, at some like I don't I don't really. Wait. I would say they're like 14. Like right, 14, so that, I'd say that's kids, but I was at the top of Buchanan Street, right? And there was one of those preachers on his box talking about Jesus. And I'm like, okay. I've cool. seen him. I think I've seen him. Like, yeah. fi- fire in, mate. You, 
you do you, it's your Saturday afternoon, you enjoy it. And this grown man with a Scotland flag starts shouting how Jesus isn't real, how this man's a liar, how he's trying to brainwash people. And I was like, mate, you are 47 years old. Go home, cry about your divorce and be quiet. Like, (laughs) why are you doing this in public? Why, Why do you think this is an acceptable saturday afternoon yeah. activity yeah because the preacher yeah. was ignoring him the preacher just kept saying what he was saying and so it made him look worse yes exactly but when those young kids were doing it right? i mean we i mean i i'm basically i'm 20 now so i'm not like a, a teenager but I'm, I'm i'm basically talking to myself a kid to be honest with you i mean i'm maybe a grown kid but certainly you know i'm not fucking an adult yeah i don't see myself as an adult um they were young, young kids. Like, I mean, they're obviously not not quite mentally mature. So you can kind of, you kind of, they kind of get a free pass. It's like, yeah, maybe, you know, like not not all kids do it at that age right enough. But you know, you can still kind of give them a little bit of a pass. I can understand why they behave that way. But when you see adults doing it, that comes from a dark, like dark energy inside you. That comes from a, a resentful, bitter hatred for like people. Mate, it, you it know, goes to, full to have... circle to the start of this conversation. It comes from a place of resentment for yourself. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you don't have the confidence you... to let other people be held. Yeah. He really doesn't care what that guy had to say, that preacher. He just, he just needed to invoke his... A, a, a bit of a bit of his opinion on the world because he yeah. felt so powerless and was grasping at any opportunity to invoke some sort of opinion. But talking about preachers, I had like you know when you have those like thoughts in the shower, like yeah. that you never get to bring to a conversation. Well, it just it just came to my head there. So it's pretty much the unanimous worldwide decision now that religion is probably incorrect. Sure. Right. Yeah. But if you had to pick one religion that is correct, which would it be? Hmm. Yeah. Do you mean that's a weird one? Do you mean the one that's maybe closest to the to the truth? No, like... no. I mean one's beliefs are absolutely true. Like it has to be one religion or one sort of like myth mythology is correct like greek mythology or christianity or islam one of them is the truth yeah which one is it for you like which would you pick since since i'm agnostic and i have absolutely zero idea like all and none is like this it's the same to me like i just genuinely don't know but i suppose like maybe shamanism because at least like i've always had this joke that you go to a rabbi and you say, why should I believe in your God? And he says, have faith, my child. You go to a priest, he says the same. You go to an imam, he says the same. If you go to a shaman in the middle of the Peruvian jungle, he'll say, drink this. <laughs> and, you, and you wake up, you know? So, like, maybe maybe shamanism or some sort of, like, some sort of tribalistic society, because it's been around the longest. But so... In ter- in ter- in ter- also, I would say, though, in terms of a religion that's been that's had a, had a good impact on the world, and this is a really weird one to say, but I definitely think christianity has had a positive impact on the world yeah, at least sure. in, in, it's modernized us but yeah. in terms of what one's probably the most true probably shamanism mate so i i actually had my own answer for this uh, that, I, sure. <laughs> that i was like i just think it would be really funny and this is a sort of like 
messed up side of my brain coming out. So modern society has taught us that we shouldn't kill each other, we shouldn't fight. How funny would it be if Norse mythology was correct and you mm. only went to heaven if you died with your weapon in your hand? And so yeah. for like hundreds of years, all of these people have gone to hell to be tortured for all eternity because they did not die in battle. Oh, there's so many like that. I've always imagined just what what if that isn't a heaven? What if it's just hell? What if it's just horrible? What if death sucks afterwards, you know? Well, mate, I live in Cumbernauld, so I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He says he says from his nice room, which is like got a your god and your gorgeous fucking Tory mansion that you <laughs> Mate, you need to stop saying I live in a Tory mansion. I'm actually gonna get people like protesting my house. <laughs> Yeah, like down oh, with man. the conservative party, and I'm like, mate, they don't live here. <laughs> Boris is not here. He's <laughs> not in. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's interesting. Our religion's a really weird one. I don't know. Religion's so like I spent years trying to like figure it out, and I'm just giving up. Like I don't know. I genuinely don't know. What all I know is when I smoke DMT, I meet gods, and that's like as far as like I'm a, like. Is that all in my head? Is that nonsense? Or is that real? I don't know. I genuinely have no fucking clue. Well, so this is how I took the the DMT thing. Like, I've not tried it, but this is how I took the sort of correlated experiences that people have had. Because, like, you hear about a lot about people that have similar or the same experience. And I genuinely believe that DMT is where God came from. Sure, yeah. Well, a lot of the Bible's stories are like roughly translated, and if you translate them in a different way, they sound like drug stories, like the Bunning Bush um, yeah. references references the Acacia Bush, which is really high in DMT. There's Jesus smoking weed in the temple and stuff like that, yeah. So I just, I just feel like all that happened was a bunch of stoners were given the fucking free reign to write our history. Hmm. And they were like, There's definitely yeah, a lot of... There's certainly a lot of religious stories that seem to be seem to have formed from like drug use. Um, I think uh, what was I gonna say about, about, about yeah, I, I, I K-holed for the first time the other the other night. Um, and I mean, Terence McKenna always used to say like, you know, it's it's interesting, but it's no DMT. But it was really like fucking wild. Like, um, I uh, I felt like I was dying, and these like. I was kind of these like dark entities, and they were they were saying like you know this is what dying feels like, and I, and it felt really good, and I was like holy shit, like this is like I was like I was like enjoying the feeling of death, and uh, and they were and they were like t- just just kind of showing me shit that I that I don't like, but that I don't like it, and I don't like it. It's weird, like I, I can't even, and what annoys me is I can't even remember like what a lot of it was now. So I wish I'd, like, <laughs> my guys, I'd my guys over here admitting that he loves death. Yeah, I think evil yeah. culture's got well, to you a little bit. I think I think no, you're that's, too that's, immersed. There's an aspect of of the human that wants to die. Like there's an aspect of the sub, of the brain that like that 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 is obsessed with the idea of dying. Like that's something that Jung and Jung really like was like interested. In. He never got far with that idea, but he certainly like had an interest in it. And other psychologists have pointed to that. Like there is a there is a strange human desire to die, and I think that's what it was. It was that part of the brain being like indulging for a second and. Uh, it was really interesting. I don't know. I, I, ketamine's a very fucking strange experience. Um, when you take a lot of it, um, my like this like, my, the person I'm seeing, she would say they were, they were like, yeah, bro, fucking like snort shit tons of it when you're by yourself and, and see what happens, and uh, I did. <laughs> it was really good. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I. I think if you want to do ketamine, you should try it. But I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, definitely do it. Because honestly, there are better drugs out there. There are definitely better drugs out there. Especially if you want. To, if you want. If you're looking for a psychedelic experience, I wouldn't say go for ketamine. Mate, I um. I was going to say I'm on that clean living shit as I literally drink wine, but yeah. but um, I am on the the sort of mainstream path at the moment. Yeah, and I, I feel like that is why I am so self enlightened at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely no better feeling. I'll admit. Well, there's definitely better feelings, <laughs> like um, but there's one one of the best feelings in the world is like having like a, at least like a week where you just everything's clean, and at the yeah. end of that week, you just you feel amazing. That's definitely true. But drugs have always been a part of my life, and it's always something I've enjoyed, enjoyed and indulging, and I quite enjoy experimenting with. Consciousness, Mate, do you know but... do you know what drug you should absolutely consume on a daily basis? You're going to say vitamin B12 or something. I was going to say vitamin D. But... <laughs> sure. sure, sure, there we go. Close enough, yeah. Definitely. Oh. Especially because we live in Scotland, arguably the darkest and most depressing country on earth. It's a good point. I keep forgetting to take my fish oil capsules and I'm like, I keep. I need to start getting on them again. I've got like a massive box that I keep forgetting. I, I take them before, like, um, before I go to bed if I've been drinking and I usually take one in the morning as well. I feel like the it helps replace some of that shit that you're not. Yeah, and drinking water while you're drink while you're drinking alcohol is like the best thing ever. Yeah, it? for sure. I um, it's still my philosophy to drink water in the morning before I have any caffeine and drink yeah. water lasting like be the last thing I consume before I go to bed. Yeah, well, I do that. I drink water before I go to bed, and then I try not to drink too much because I piss a lot. And then yeah, I, I I wake up a lot during the night dehydrated. So I, I drink like water during the night, and then I'll drink water when I wake up. Um, well, I have a I have a two liter bottle that lives by my bed, and I just yeah. realise it's empty. So <laughs> that, that's drinking, the I'm first thing I'm doing when I'm done here is actually going to go fill that up, just because it actually doesn't move from there. Yeah, it just kind of floats about the side of my bed. Yeah, I need to do that more. I've not got I've not got I've got a good space to leave a bottle of water though. Um, what was I going to say about about uh water? Fuck. Um. Oh no. Um. I can and I'm and I'm fast a lot more now as well. I'd like put eating breakfast off for a while, so I kind of eat within like a twelve hour kind of time frame. I don't eat as much, you know, in the morning. That's fair. So this is like there's something that comes up so so much like. Just I'm not even talking to people who are like into fitness or like sort of in the gym sphere in my life is intermittent fasting yeah. and I genuinely did it to gain weight mm-hmm. I uh, didn't let myself eat till 12 yeah. and then at 12 I would just be so hungry that I wouldn't stop eating all day hmm. oh okay that's cool yeah I like that and it works because my appetite is not massive. But see, after like a couple of weeks, I don't need to fast anymore because it's expanded my appetite. Oh, okay. That's strange though, because see, for me, um, I feel like my stomach shrinks and then I can't eat as much. You I know? feel like it's, you've got to chalk it down to like to the individual that's doing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because... <clears throat> I remember telling the guy who was my coach at the time, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. He was like, what? Why? And I was like, well, I found one day by accident, because <clears throat> I didn't have a chance to eat till 12. I had like meetings and stuff in the morning. I was like, I was absolutely ravenous. 
And so for a week, I sort of experimented to see if it was like a one-off or if it would be yeah. a conti- like a, a continued effect. And when yeah. I saw like it, it did work over the period of a week, I'd done it for like a month and then my appetite was bigger. So it made it easier to consume more food and therefore gain weight and more sort of like muscle mass and stuff. That's awesome. I've never thought about it that way before. Do you know, do you think as well what plays a part in that is the like mind mind controls body to a certain extent and so if you were to go into fasting with the idea that this is going to make me lose weight it would in the the same way that if you think it's going to make you gain weight because that hunger feeling that you're getting you're kind of maybe getting into the mindset that this is going to make me more hungry and it's it's pushing you yourself like yeah your brain is what creates that reaction so it's like when people say oh i do intermittent fasting and i lose weight that is happening because you have less time to eat so you're overall you're eating less like if you had the the sort of willpower or the mindset to control better what you consume then you wouldn't need to intermittent fast you could just eat that much food yeah yeah but it's all about it's all about like different like people can't always control things like that well they can but it's more difficult to do that than it is to say only eat for 12 hours a day yeah it's it's strange dude when when you meet people like jocko willick like people like him who can just he can fast for like or, or even joe rogan i'm like all those guys you know they can fast for like days when and it's like um i remember when i was trying to, when it went out during the hard lockdown just to see if i could do it it was, it was more a well-powered thing than, a, than an actual health thing um i tried to intermediate fast so i was only eating within a six hour time slot a day holy fuck that's difficult that's like i'd I never realized how little willpower and control I had over my like my impulsive like, eating, and it, it made me realize how impulsive of a, of a eater I am. And t- it was a good experience actually. Like if someone if someone finds himself like as an impulsive eater, I'd maybe recommend it because it definitely gave me a little bit more control over my eating. It made me realize my weaknesses with that. Yeah, it's it's funny like the different things we expose ourselves to before we sort of find the the actual root of a problem or the cause of different aspects of our life because it is hard to just look at something and go oh this is a solution not everyone's mind is built like that yeah and so it can take like a variety of experiences before you turn around and say oh shit this is i just actually need to do this yeah Honestly, with, with with diet especially, the main thing is literally just what you eat. Because I know so many people that that say that they, don't, they don't eat breakfast, and I tell them to eat breakfast. But then here's me saying, like, you know, intermediate fasting. And it's it's like a weird one because the reason I tell people to eat breakfast is because I know that at least if they eat breakfast, they'll eat something good, hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully it won't be like waffles or cereal. It'll be something like really, really, you know, like, like, like something like meat or something like that. Um, but there are people I know who are like, oh, they don't eat like anything for breakfast, and then when it gets to like lunchtime and they start getting hungry, they eat like crisps and sweets and drink juice, and then it gets to dinner and they have like, you know, even a takeaway is not that bad, you know, like, at least it's better than fucking like the sweeties and, and cola, and it's like, no, dude, no, and then they say, oh, I feel anxious, I feel depressed. Dude, yeah. Look at the shit you just pumped into your fucking body and an empty stomach. No fucking. At least if you eat a massive meal, if you eat like a bit, you know, you eat a big breakfast, you eat like some sausages and some bacon and an egg, and then you can go and have 
a packet of crisps. So breakfast does so many things for your body and for your mind. So it's like, yeah. <clears throat> if you eat breakfast, you're full when you start your day. And so yeah. your mind is there. It's processing things properly because it's fueled mm. correctly. Whereas if you wait countless hours and your body's not prepared for it, it's just going to make rash decisions like, oh, I've got a wrap in my bag for lunch, but there's a McDonald's down the road. I'll go and get a Big Mac and 20 chicken nuggets. Because you're impulsive at that point. Yeah, because hunger makes you impulsive. It's why you don't go shopping on an empty stomach because you come yeah. back with the biggest load of shit. Yeah, you get in the house and you're like, what? I don't have any bread, but I've got four tubs of Nutella. Why have I done this? <laughs> it's because you're a dick and you didn't have breakfast. <laughs> But the one thing, the one thing problem I have is that I feel that if I eat um and I eat a big breakfast, it, it, it does help my day better. But the first like hour after eating that breakfast, like twenty minutes in, I get really tired. I get a bit lethargic for a while. I think I might I might have some deficiencies though, and I'm trying to figure out what that is. I'm not too See, sure. I'm not a breakfast person because I can't. I don't have the appetite even after fasting and boosting my appetite and stuff. I just don't mm-hmm. have it in me. So what I tend to do is have like a protein shake for breakfast. Or maybe not for breakfast, maybe when I first wake up, drink like a pint of water, have a coffee, have a protein shake, and then maybe like an hour later, I'll have like a roll or cereal or something. Sure. And it's... How much How much are you pissing though when you're doing that? Are you going to the toilet a lot more? Not really. Hmm. All right. That's what, that's what to drink in like... In yeah. Like See, we were, we were talking about this again at work. It's like <clears throat> how much protein people consume. Mm-hmm. because your body expels protein so they yeah. say you should consume a gram of protein for every pound of body weight right and but i tend to consume about 200 grams of protein a day which yeah. is way more than what i weigh in pounds <clears throat> and um the reason i do that is because you can't actually tell when and how much protein your body expels Mm-hmm. So if you consume that 140 grams, that's the optimal amount if you weigh 140 pounds. But you could consume 80 grams in the morning, but then expel like 30. And so even right. if you consume your protein perfectly timed throughout the rest of the day and absorb it all, you're still 30 grams down. So yeah. it's better to overshoot the mark. It's better to sort of take these little... not liberties but like estimations factor in that you don't understand fully what's Mm. going on in your body yeah so what's what are your like top sources of protein what are you going for um literally protein shakes and chicken chicken well i eat a lot of chicken so that's good news i eat chicken like every day (laughs) yeah do you do you um so like do you buy a specific protein shake that's got like a lot in it are you just buying store-bought um, so shakes. I actually have <laughs> this oh my days um, I actually have a discount code for a protein company hell yeah and so what I do is I buy my protein with my discount code so yeah. I get kickback from that protein and I get a 20% discount on it that's good so <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I picked my protein. But the reason I did pick that protein to start with was actually that I was buying Optimum Nutrition, one of the sort of industry leaders. And it was more expensive, but it had the same sugar and the same protein content as this other brand, 
who are like thirteen pounds cheaper without a discount. Right, so yeah. <clears throat> it kind of made sense to switch over and just it maybe doesn't taste as good, but it doesn't taste bad. It still just tastes like a milkshake. Yeah. It's just not like what I'm used to. So if you went it's from like, like if you went from no protein shakes to this protein shake, you'd probably think it's pretty good. It's not like protein shakes are, are like well known for good taste anyway. I mean, it's not you're not exactly like having one because you go, oh yeah, I'll have a nice protein shake. I don't know, man. You're sort of like me. You're quite thin. What yeah. I used to do was I used to have my protein shakes with milk and put ice cream in them and blend them. Oh. Mate, that is the way forward. That is I used, the best. I used to have my protein shakes with milk, but I never had it with um, ice cream. That's a really good idea. Yeah, dude, is um, honestly the way forward. I definitely once the gyms are permanently open, like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm very unmotivated now because it's I'm not getting into a proper routine because I feel like what's the point? It's gonna get shut down again every time I go back. So definitely yeah, last week, the I, second it's I went at the gym, I was like, I'm not gonna hit my training split this week, and then it got announced that we were closing. And I was like, well, there's no point in like going back to the way I was training before because I'm not yeah. gonna be able to match that at home. Yeah, no, definitely. I just yeah, I've, I've kind of given up again. But the second they open up, I want to like try and really go for it um i feel like it's one of those go things ham. that that once you start doing that other aspects of your life improve again your mind's clearer you feel better i love working out when i'm hungover i i, I love exercising when i'm hungover I, I feel so much better after i've exercised i sweat out all the shit you know and that, that yeah. after gym shower is like just the best shit ever like it really um <clears throat> it gets you it gets your blood flowing properly and like you say it sweats out all this sort of toxic shit that you've put in your body yeah. the day before yeah yeah and you're drinking a lot of water while you're exercising as well yeah. so you're replenishing yeah there's so many so many positives to working out i mean no matter how fucked you are there's exercising usually is going to help even just a little bit mate even little things even like if you're hungover and gyms are closed, go for a walk. The yes, the benefits yeah. of the fresh air, your mildly increased heart rate, you just feel so much better. Jocko Willick done an interesting one. He was saying that if you're um if you're like really tired, if you're at work or you're at like um you're uh, school or whatever, and you're really tired and like and like falling asleep and you can't like keep yourself like going, go into like the bathroom or something and do like ten push-ups. He's like, and like the, the blood flowing that you'll get from that, or maybe twenty, whatever yeah. it is that you need to, like, you know, to get the to get the heart rate going up. And he's like, and you'll feel great for another like hour after that. You'll like, you'll be able to keep going longer because you get yeah, your blood flowing, you get your energy back up. More blood in your brain gets your heart fueling your body again, gets the oxygen circulating. It's great, and mate. It, and it's going back to what we we're saying earlier. Anyone that talks about that don't know this. Oh. On you go. On you go. I've... Oh, no, that was me done. I was just saying there might be people that don't know this as well. Yeah, it's, see people that I meet and they're like, oh, what's, like, still to this day, people are like, oh, what's the point in the gym? I don't want to look big. I don't want to be muscly. And I'm like, yeah. shut up. Just, yeah. because they're the same people that you can explain it to time and time again. And they go, oh, I don't want to lift weights. And I'm like, well, resistance training is like the most beneficial thing you can do in a gym for your body. Yeah regardless of what you want in life and you can do resistance training without getting buff like you don't you can still you can still lift heavier, heavier and heavier you don't necessarily need to get like really muscular to to train resistance training mate, right mate you you try telling people this right I, i've been at this yeah. for like 
six years now. And so you try to tell people you can lift weights and not get big. Yeah. And I'm like, look at me. Yeah. I'm not big. Yeah, I don't Actually, know. Actually, that's a lie. I am the biggest guy you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I don't know. I was just in training in college for like six months and I didn't get that much bigger. I got more toned though. I, I got abs, kind of, kind of, you know. Like I, I, really, I would have, have, to, have to, had to have done it a lot longer to really get like, but I got toned. My muscles looked slimmer and better, but I didn't build a lot of muscle because I was just resistance yeah. training. I was lift, lifting like, heavier weights. You'll but, probably be stronger than most people, but the odds of you being yeah. big... <clears throat> yeah. and not just bigger because you're obviously going to be a little bit bigger but the, like you being big in the grand scheme of things is so so unlikely yeah well until i'm like 40 and my body starts to kind of like slow down and you can like process because my, my dad was like me you know until he was like 40 and then he kind of was able to get like bigger i think that's just what most people go for though i feel like people want like a magic solution to everything in their life and it goes back to the responsibility thing and not being able to find solutions people just want that magic pill and largely it doesn't exist for most things there's not a protein shake out there that's going to make you bigger there's not a diet pill out there that's going to make you permanently thin there are steroids but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, mate, go do steroids, yeah? You want, you want to be thinner? Yeah. yeah. Get some clean. No. <laughs> like, the average person doesn't need that. Yeah. They need yeah. more activity, less food. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, someone's phone and I'm going to have to hang up on them. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, well, we've got about five minutes left anyway because um, it's Christmas Eve and we, we have to families to go and see um, yeah but... mate I have more wine to drink <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anything else that we should cover I feel like there's so much I'm actually I'm very annoyed that we don't have more time to be honest because this is actually like a, a, this is probably one of the best podcasts we've had so far this has been really good mate I um, always enjoy talking to you because you have a varied repertoire of conversational like ammunition like you're not like one of these people that I can only speak to about a selection of things. Like I have friends that yeah. we can talk about video games, we can talk about football. But when I have a conversation with you, never really know where it's gonna go. Sure. Sure. Well I like I like having people like I I, I like the reason that I was quite looking forward to having like someone like you on today is because you know things about you're you're well educated in topics that I'm not, and it's like, oh hell yeah. Like today I get to learn from Lyle about exercise jim you know like i get to learn his ideas on like on confidence and what it means to be like egotistical versus like actually being self-confident and yeah definitely i think that that's like the important thing about podcasts and why a particular other podcast that you are on isn't doing too well (laughs) 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 you know because there was too much egotistical that was ego that was really ego you know that that was like see see if someone tells you they're the hardest worker they're not because the fact that they have time to tell you that means they're not working hard enough. Oh. Man, you've been full of so many good quotes today. <laughs> it's because I was in the gym think... this morning. I've got a clear head. <laughs> I actually think your vocabulary is better now than like only a few months ago. You've, like, you've, like, I don't know if that's just me noticing it. Or Mate, it's because I'm true, not but... running up dead-end conversations all day, every day. I actually have like people who can articulate thoughts. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, 
but yeah so why don't why don't we just go ahead and let you plug like everything whatever you want yeah okay i'm I'm down so if you want some fitness content then the best place to go is my instagram which is walkerly underscore fit on instagram if you want gaming content then go to walkerly gaming on twitch and if you want youtube videos once every year i've uploaded like three times this year (laughs) um then go over to walkerly on youtube and you'll find something you won't like but that's why i'm here in it i feel like one thing as well that i'm gonna like plug here um because it's something that like i want to plug the edging bows and i know that it's like dying and like no one cares but i think if you want to see me and like lyle together like actually like doing if you've enjoyed our conversation here and you want to see us like in person having fun being funny i would probably recommend the edging bows as well i I still get messages in my twitch chat and on twitter asking when i'm going to be in an edging bros video Well, it's you know what after this lockdown, after New Year's, like it's definitely I don't see any reason why we can't yeah, make another on, video. Yeah, it's on, dude. I also want to make a video where you teach me to skateboard. That's what I want. Yeah, well, we can we can cross over. You can teach me like a workout technique, and I'll teach you to skateboard. I'm about that. I am about that. But yeah, I should actually have a video out between now and New Year. So hell yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I'm going to have to do a New Year like Best Bits video and then I'll do it and then all my other videos like next year. I, I don't think I've actually uploaded enough videos to do a Best Bits video this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait, I'm actually going to like tell you right now how many videos I've uploaded this year because this time last year I was about to hit 100 subscribers and yeah. so I was... Right, I've uploaded 1, 2, 3, 4... Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've uploaded nine videos this year. That is way more. That's than actually I not bad. Actually, that's about the same as me. Then, yeah, you've done fine, bro. Cool. And I'm still gaining subscribers. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I like, I like, I like get make five subs and then like lose five subs and like in like a week I'm like fuck's sake. So um, I actually think that my channel gets more views from that Countdown Killer podcast than the channel that it's meant to be on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like got way more views. It's not like a hundred odds on like your channel or something yeah. like that. Is it more than that? But the thing is, that only happened like in the last couple of months. It was sitting at like yeah. a really low number, and then it spiked. And I was like, okay, oh. it's probably because I'm more yeah, searchable than that channel. I need to get I need to get Dankula on this podcast at some point. I know he'd be game if I asked him, so I definitely need to. Maybe 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 he'll be the first guest the next year. Ooh, maybe, that would be hmm, exciting. Maybe maybe mm, we'll see awesome right thank you very much for coming on this has been fucking sick anytime man anytime thanks for having me and there definitely will be a part two to this all yes. right i'm gonna wrap it up thanks everybody for watching um links for like our channels my channels like his channels everything's and stuff that we've talked about as well down in the description um have and happy new year Merry christmas um even though this podcast will probably come out after after New Year, but uh, yeah, <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right, I'll just click. Big dubs. Um, I'm about this. <laughs> Big dubs.